started the recording. Thank you, Andrew. Hello and welcome to Punta Vista, episode 263. I am Ben, and I'm here at what the maps will tell you is the town of Horsecock, Wyoming. <laughs> Folks that live here probably tell you something different altogether. Ain't all too much of a town there to speak about. Saloon, sheriff's office, shack with a crooked cross in it that the preacher reckons is a chapel, and a general goods store that, generally speaking, don't sell all too many goods. <laughs> Wyoming territory ain't quite a state, and horsecock ain't quite a town. This here patch of dirt is nothing more than an unfortunate crisscross of two roads that seem to be carrying nothing but trouble in both directions. This place has seen its fair share of blood and misery, and by the look of the figures on the horizon, it's fixing to see even more before the sun sets over yonder horizon. Oh, I doubled up on horizon. Fuck. Approaching the town from the western road is a man dressed all in black, riding a black horse, carrying on his hip all the fire and fury of the Book of Revelations. An aura of menace and woe surrounds this dark character. Plain as can be, this man's a killer born, no mistaking it. It's Crooked Pete Dog Dick, the fearsome renegade cowboy killer, what has the dick of a dog where his regular human dick should be. <laughs> it's Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hey, buddy. Don't, hey. Hey. My hey. eyes are up here. Yep. <laughs> okay. I know it's, it's, just, I know it's yeah. a little lurid. I okay. know. I've just don't make. I don't like it when people make a big deal out of it. Okay. Yeah. Is that why you you killing people because they keep asking you questions about the dog penis? Like it, honestly, a lot of the time, it's the shortest route out of the conversation. Yeah. You know? They're like, so is it like humans? Bam. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably smart. And the worst part is when you're talking to somebody and they and it just kind of slides out, lipstick style. But why don't you wear pants? Surely this is like short circuit, like most of the problems that you've got. Do you want me to unholster this gun? No, no, sir. No way, no how. But what's that? Entering the town from the eastern road, there's another wanderer coming to test his trigger finger in this hellish corner of the frontier. Don't let his fine clothing and waxed moustache fool you. While his tastes bend towards the refined, his lavish lifestyle is funded entirely on a bloodthirsty ruthlessness usually only seen in the coyote. The gentleman killer, the bastard prince, it's the sadist in silk, Long Balls Rodriguez. <laughs> hey, Lucy. How you doing? <laughs> oh. Uh, howdy. Yeah, those are some long balls. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not used to people talking about my long balls, so oh, it's quite a shock to me to be uh, acknowledged, you know? Do you kill people if they talk about the long balls? No, I'm just, you know, it's actually nice because I'm usually hearing about uh, dog dick over here, so it's... <laughs> It's quite nice to have myself recognised. <laughs> that dog dick sucking all the oxygen out of the room. <laughs> Enjoy the novelty of the first time someone wants to talk to you about your freakishly long balls, okay? Because when it gets to, like, time 2000, you'll be brandishing those pistols. Everyone always says that when they're popular, you know? Oh, you'll you hate really it. get you'll sick of being, being talked famous. about. You'll hate it. You'll hate when everyone talks about your really long, dragging balls. Can I wish I... everyone would stop looking at my dog's dick. Why don't you just put on some pants? <laughs> <laughs> just if you are in the spirit, uh, you know, you, you are open to questions. Is it odd heavily having the spurs tickle the end of your balls from the way that they filter down the, the length of your trousers? To your feet. You know what is odd? Mm. It is. Um, it feels the. You know, it feels the way that it feels when any when spurs are touching your balls. You, you guys know how it is. <laughs> you know, like. You know the way it feels when yeah. your balls are being touched. It's like, uh, it's 
Mm. It's soft. Yep. And uh, like it, it tickles. Yeah. Oh, wow. for real, for real. <laughs> um, it is like that, though. I got, I got a question. Also, <laughs> for Lord Rodriguez, D- desperately trying to keep the uh, the focus off the dog's dick for a second. Um, so my question is: Have they have they always been that long, or have they been getting longer over time? Oh, I've been weighing them down. <laughs> you know, it's been an effort. <laughs> Doing some spaces for balls. <laughs> put that, putting on those ball spaces. Hanging another set of like metal balls off my balls from my whole life to get where we are today. Dragging really behind ahead you of your dirt. time with the body mods here. Stretching them out. Yeah. It's the world's first body mod. They don't talk about that much in the Wild West. <laughs> Raised from the histories. Long balls, Rodriguez. But that's not all. Sauntering to town from the northern road is a hunched figure, barely clinging out to the sickest, sweatiest horse you've ever seen. Barely able to put one hoof in front of the other, this sickly, mentally vacant horse is carrying on its back like a sack of potatoes, the most feeble killer in the West. With no godliness, morals, or capacity for mercy whatsoever, and hardly even the strength to hold up his own hat, it's diseases O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> Hi, Theo. Well, howdy. I know it seems like I'm just... Worth less than the ground you haven't even spat on yet, but just like all y'all, I'm just fixing to get my butt itched. <laughs> yep, that's Simple why we as do it. That. Yep, ain't asking for much from the Lord up above, but if yeah. this house of mine gets scratched even one time, <laughs> on account of my worms. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're out there in the out there in the desert, a man can make do rubbing himself up against uh, the humble cactus. Country boys make do. That's right. <laughs> That's but right. we all know, you know. That loses its effect after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garden, only so garden variety frottage. <laughs> I feel like you go without the touch of an extremely reluctant parlor girl. <laughs> uh, I hate to pull the curtain back. I really do. But, um, Theo, I love it so much when you decide to opt into accent work. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a true gift. <laughs> absolute well, delight. Tip of my hat to you. <laughs> These two were absolute cowards. I myself made a choice to avoid it where possible, but you threw yourself right in there, and that well, is truly beautiful. When you spend the whole of your miserable 13 years of life <laughs> staring straight down the head of your own dick due to <laughs> incurable and immoral scoliosis, ain't got nothing to lose about no voice. No dignity left to, to get rid of, you know? And may I just say I'm the only one here with... Proper looking genitals. <laughs> He's from a sort of pan. It's a real pan southern bell over here. South, <laughs> southwest. Uh, He's I been do. all around. He's been every which way. I do declare this oh, pinworm no. infestation <laughs> has me with the vapors. Yes, Fucking diseases O'Shaughnessy okay. truly is one of the primary carrier of diseases in the Old West. <laughs> Animals Not- are one of the primary <laughs> carrier of diseases in the modern world. And where do you keep animals? You keep them in the zoo. It's time for Zoo Watch. I, th- I think one of these days we're, we're going to need a zoo-specific thing. I mean, a, I know we got, we got Nature Corner. Kind of a nature-themed one? Okay. We've yeah. got Nature Corner. We've got... The Nature Corner horse-specific variant. We've got the Nature Corner monkey-specific variant, but... Mm. Just like, make the, the watch sound, but with a monkey. 
you know, where he's like, <laughs> yeah, like put a, a chip scream into a sequencer yeah. and then <laughs> remix it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that uh, I think that nature and the zoo kind of have inverse vibes. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's true. Mm. It's you know? not nature. Mm. You've taken nature and you've captured it as opposed to nature in which us from civilization wander out there and get amongst nature itself. We could and call it. It's like we're in the zoo, you know. Oh, that's so true. Unnatur- unnatural corner. Much a zoo about nothing. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> hmm. So you're Much saying nothing in this zoos? Yeah, I don't really know. Hmm. Um, so this is a, a a bit of a more detailed follow up on something that we spoke about on the previous free episode, which I just recently unlocked. Um, sorry, the most recent bonus episode that I just recently unlocked. So that's a little treat. Just well, this uh, would have been a perfect opportunity to to be like, oh, you sh- you should hear the scientilating content on this locked episode. Yeah, you, you one of the best keen. episodes we've keen. ever done. Yeah, Check no it out entrepreneurial on the paid, instinct. Yeah, locked. Not, not really that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> it was from the bonus episode. Say goodbye to your trout or cucked into grunter mode, um, where we talked about. A, a strange article from stuff.co.nz talking about what uh, Aotearoa New Zealand zoos would do in the event of an animal escape. Um, I couldn't find any escape manuals specifically from any of those zoos, but I did find some from some zoos. So uh, I'm going to start here with the introductory text of the Animal Escape Procedures document of Jungle Cat World Wildlife Park Mm -hmm. in Ontario, Canada. Here we go. In the case of an escaped animal, efficient response is crucial to the safety of visitors, staff, and animals. Carelessness can be avoided by keeping calm and using common sense. Each animal has its own flight distance. This is the distance at which the animal will flee from a pursuer. In captivity, the flight distance is altered by moats, fences, etc. However, the flight distance is likely to be more critical and be much greater in the absence of barriers. An animal usually has a shorter flight distance for a vehicle than for a person on foot. Where practical, use a vehicle. Huh. That's just fun. Hmm. So you're inside, let's say, a golf buggy or a a Kia Sorento. Octavia. (laughs) Skoda Octavia. Yeah. And the animal is going to wait until you are closer before getting away from you. Trying to get away from you, I should say. You know how uh, you know how a panicked animal hears a the noise of a motor and thinks, "What's that?" Yeah, might hang around and find out. They hear the rumbling sound of an Oldsmobile four four two firing up towards <laughs> it. They go, "You know what? I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going anywhere until my curiosity has been satiated." Uh, An escaped animal is confused and frightened. Given the opportunity, it will move towards familiar surroundings. To make the animal move, methodically violate the flight distance. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to to call it that. I would breach. Let's say breach Breach, the flight distance. Cross. Any any of them. Let's not use the the... flight distance. Just finger that flight distance. Gently just (laughs) stroke the outer edges of the flight distance. Yeah. (laughs) Use this to your advantage. Attempt to, quote, persuade the escaped animal to move towards a secure enclosure by mm. carefully, slowly, and slightly violating its flight distance. Come Just on. Heard. Just yeah. say heard it, you know? Yeah. You don't this have is, to say it like this. When, when, when we were talking about this on that episode, I did say... 
that I was getting the vibe of. People standing with their arms spread wide, just kind of moving towards the animal. Ha! Ha! Hoo-cha-cha! Oh, oh. Yeah, one of those. And if you got a few more of them, you know, it goes better. Yeah. I gotta say though, like I I have relative trouble catching one of my chickens. If it's if you know, they get out and they're just on the lawn and they don't feel like going with it. Yeah. Birds are a whole other thing. You get a bird in your house. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you're like, oh let me just let me just violate like, your flight what? distance <laughs> and they go, Oh, what if I go to the other corner of the room? Yeah. yeah and fuck. checkmate. Checkmate. What yeah. if I violate your ceiling fan? <laughs> <laughs> if you are only trying to contain the animal, do not violate flight distance. <laughs> Jesus that Christ. seems fair. Yeah. Each animal also has a fight distance emphasis theirs. This is the distance at which the animal will attack a perceived aggressor. If an animal is cornered and you move within its flight distance, you may violate its fight distance. Do not this violate an animal's fight distance unless absolutely necessary. Is and this science? <laughs> Doesn't sound like, like if you it. just come within a certain distance of an animal, it's going to do fight, and another distance, it's going to do flight. It's describing I like so. the scripted actions of like a wow mob. I think at this point. <laughs> well, because I, I remember as a kid, um, you know, like I've five, the six, tiger. seven, whatever, reading the uh, like the the book of dangerous animals. My parents had on the. On the shelf, and it's like, yeah, um, a cassowary will just slice you in half, but only if you're like an American tourist right up in its face <laughs> going like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey there, hey there, l- little bird, and then etc. cetera. Yeah. Get right inside that fight distance. You don't yes. want to be fighting a cassowary. So I'm I know, it, it feels to me like they are giving to us the, the pretty commonly understood concept of fight or flight, but they're really mm-hmm. not helping us understand which side of the or we're on with any particular animal, you know? Yeah. That's well, a you problem also... when you get there. You'll <laughs> you'll know when you're inside the fight distance. <laughs> I, I don't know I don't even think it's like a species specific thing. I think they're talking about individual animals having individual invisible radii for their fight or flight. Uh, which I guess you'll only find out once you've been gored. Um, don't violate the animal's fight distance unless absolutely necessary and proper safety precautions are in place. Use an enclosed vehicle when possible. Skoda, Octavia, or Kia Sorento. Yeah, 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 so get your Skoda, Octavia, or Kia Sorento within 20 metres of the animal and let it start attacking your car. Animals usually have a strong attachment for their home enclosure. If the animal has not ventured far from its enclosure, you may be able to lure, coax, guide, or herd it back inside. Someone found thesaurus.com. Yeah, thesaurus much? You could have <laughs> yeah. used one of those words. I can see that... <laughs> those are synonyms. <laughs> I would say herd and guide are maybe distinct from lure and coax, but I think lure and coax are the same. All right, luring, you are trying to tantalize it in. No, that's the mm. same as coaxing. Mm. Guiding. Guiding and, and herding. Same. Yeah. same although, although, hear me out here, right? If mm. I... If I were to say, um, if I were trying to lure you, Ben, yes, I would put a vinyl copy of Sleep on the end of a piece of string and then a long pole, mm-hmm. and I'd hold that near you, and then I'd walk backwards, and you would just kind of walk after it. You know, yeah. if I was trying to coax you, um, I I would hold out one hand turned upwards, and I would beckon with my index finger, curling mm-hmm. it towards myself. Come here, Ben. And you probably would. 
you know, you got no reason to be scared of me. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. How would you... Uh, guiding or herding? Mm. Herding I think to me is definitely just like, ha! Ha! And sort Gu- of... Guiding is I hold your hand and bring you into the house because yeah. you've had entirely uh, too many edibles. Yes. And herding you is where I just stand behind you, uh, one hand on each shoulder. Yeah. And just walk you in there, you know? However... Any of the, like, coaxing, uh, guiding, and hurting it, all of those things kind of require you to not be very scared of me yeah. and to just kind of go with it. Which I'm not, by the way, just in case you're unclear. Yeah. The presence of its mate, food, dark, fight, etc. What? The presence of its fight. The presence of its mate, food, dark, fight, etc. may help entice an animal. Put a sexy animal. (laughs) Put a sexy animal of the same species in the enclosure. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Might have to do like a Bugs Bunny dressing up as a sexy lady type situation. You could dress up as a sexy chimp and be like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so in the mating season right now. (laughs) You may also herd an animal back to its enclosure by using fire extinguishers, noise, light, or careful violation of its flight distance. Take care when attempting to use these methods. An escaped animal is in a strange situation and will feel quite threatened. Unfamiliar surroundings, items identified with negative consequences, brackets, nets, tranquilizer guns, hoses, etc. Sudden movements and loud noises will cause a reaction. Move slowly and keep the area as quiet as possible. Try to keep the animal calm and controlled. When a dangerous animal escapes, often it will have a recognition alarm reaction to a rifle slash pistol used in darting procedures. Therefore, it is important that people on the scene conceal all firearms. Just shooting from the hip like a tranquilizer dart. Like you've got the gun under your jacket because <laughs> the zebra is like, holy fuck, he's got a gun. <laughs> That's messed up. He doesn't I mean, know what a gun is, does he? I hope not. Why are they just, why are they using guns in like everyday... Like zookeeping. Yeah, maybe those should be special occasion guns, yeah. you would think. Yeah. Not just like waving them yeah. in them. Hey, this is a gun. You're going to know about it when you know about it, pal. What about so a taser? How- can you tase them? <laughs> yeah, you, you can probably tase them. How often are you needing to, um, to like sedate these dudes with the dart gun it's not just like a bedtime activity right yeah right like just every night sleepy time gun you like would the think an equivalent of <laughs> giving your baby get these fucking tigers to sleep <laughs> if, if they they ever are in a situation where they see any of those weapons surely that means everything has gone wrong the time that they see it right like i don't know just really shitty zookeepers who don't know about things like nocturnal animals trying to get them back on their sleep schedules, you know? <laughs> it's 10 p.m., guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're getting a crushed up melatonin in your bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I have read you five stories. I've given you warm milk. You are showing no signs of slowing down. I'm getting I, a gun. I do have this blowgun here. Um, a- another document that I found uh, was from a... a well, so it was a PowerPoint presentation from North Carolina Zoo uh, that also contained all of their animal escape procedure documentation, which is odd. Any cool uh, pictures? No. Unfortunately, there were zero pictures. It was all text. Uh, so this is wasting their budget. <laughs> this is from their escaped animal emergency response procedure document. Um, this is their guidance on non-dangerous animal escapes. 
Animals not listed in Appendix 1 of this document are not considered an immediate potential danger to zoo personnel or visitors. Also, some animals are highly mobile, e.g. small primates, and will be difficult to recapture while others present no such problems. Responses to escapes by these species may or may not be may or may not require the full response required for dangerous animals. Just However, let them go. Just yeah. let them go. Is that what they're saying? They're just like, oh, Look, those little monkeys, they're too Go hard. live your life. Yeah. It, it seems like it's a just do whatever you feel type situation. Um, <laughs> however, these escapes must still be reported. Uh, must still be reported. If the escaped animal will require any significant level of staff response to support quick recapture, it should be reported to ZooCom immediately. I believe that is Zoo Command. Fuck yes. It's dope. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend works at ZooCom. <laughs> He's not allowed to talk about it, but... Uh... <laughs> For cases involving highly benign species with poor mobility, <laughs> for Guilty. example, <laughs> uh, for example, turtles or small ducks, the first report can be made directly to the animal management supervisor of the work unit or the on-duty AMS. Calling the, the supervisor and be like, "There's a, there's a duckling there's a duck out. On the loose. We have a duck yeah, escape." Yeah, yeah. The turtle got out. Um, He's just like he's, there, he's like there. he's got a meter <laughs> from the door. Mm-hmm. He's oh. hoofing it towards the exit and he should be there in about 45 minutes. <laughs> I thought I'd get the paperwork started before I go over and pick him up. Frisbee so him the, into the lake. The, the two species we could think of, turtles or small, small ducks. Small ducks. Not Is a their mobility duck. that poor? Can they not fly? They're talking about baby ducks? I guess like a baby. Do you mean yeah, a baby duck? They might be talking about ducklings. We've got a duckling escape. We have a code Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Dewey, yes. Yeah, whatever the fuck those guys are called. The responding animal section staff will determine the appropriate level of response and mobilize it. That's so cool. Yeah. If a turtle yes. escape, mobilize the go team. <laughs> They're doing the fucking the um the planning section from the old Rainbow Six games, like putting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're going to pick him up. You're going to fucking puck toss that motherfucker. We got Dominguez with an MP5 <laughs> and flashbangs. Racing full speed on a golf cart uh, towards the turtle with a with a butterfly net out the side and just repeatedly overshooting. You, know? you got the weirdly complicated dinosaur capture vehicles from Jurassic Park 2, but it's just turtle-sized. <laughs> That's RC what I've been car. picturing this, this whole time when they were like, chase the animal in a vehicle. It was immediately what I was picturing. Now, uh, that the appendix one that I referred to previously, that's the their list of dangerous animals, which I'll yes. read to you now. Mm. Uh, so this is the list of animals that require the activation of, quote, full weapons response. Hell yes. Seal Team 6, go. So it's divided into type of animal, and then within each of those types, some are flagged as considered extremely dangerous, uh, for which the weapons team members should come prepared for immediate possible weapons use while the others are considered less likely to attack and that recapture is more possible. Uh, First category is cats. Uh, All are in the extremely dangerous designation. Lions, tigers, and cougars. That checks out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Uh, Our next category is ursids. Uh, We have polar bears and grizzlies, which are both considered extremely dangerous. Sure. Weapons yeah, and team. I see that. Yeah. And then black bears who aren't. Mm, I don't want to test the theory. Yeah. That seems fair. We have pachyderms, uh, for which 
There are elephants considered extremely dangerous and rhinos which aren't. That's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, I, right? Now, we have to put that down to the fact that, like, elephants possess dark intelligence. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like They're they, of Satan. Yeah. Like they the hold goat. the forbidden secrets, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's probably what the difference is. Rhinos, because they don't have forbidden secrets, probably can't hurt you. No. Mm. Uh, next we have bovids and cervids, I guess. Uh, we have the male elk, which is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we have female elk, bison, and all large antelope, which aren't. Sexist. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Checking for a dick before I work out whether I'm pulling out the 50 cal or <laughs> just a net. <laughs> oh, Try it's just a broad. <laughs> violate his flight distance while you're like, is that a dick down there? <laughs> uh, next category, we have great apes and primates. Uh, we have chimpanzees, which are considered extremely dangerous. <laughs> and then we have gorillas and male baboons, which aren't. That's wild How? to me that chimpanzees are more dangerous than a gorilla. They yeah. really are the devil's monkey, aren't yeah. they? They are the devil's <laughs> monkey, yeah. That's like, a Satan monkey. How? I, whenever I think of, uh, of gorillas, I am immediately struck by the memory of like... Um, uh, you remember how Steve-O and Chris Pontius from Jackass had their own series from around the same time called Wild Boys? Mm. And they would go around and, and do stuff in nature. Mm-hmm. And there was one episode where they went like deep into a jungle where there was a tribe of silverback gorillas living there. And they both put on uh, banana costumes oh, and, kinda, yeah. and just wander. <laughs> and they're out there and they, they see... Uh, they see you know, one of these silverbacks in the distance and they go, wow. And then the, the guide who's with them goes, oh, fuck. Yes, the gorilla's with ya. its baby. He's really not going to like that we're here now. And the gorilla sees them and they all go, Ugh! and the dude goes, just don't move. Don't move and don't look at it. And the gorilla comes hauling ass over and like does the whole King Kong punch in the ground thing, <laughs> screaming at him from like, you know, 30 centimeters away. <laughs> and they just have to stand there with their eyes closed and go. Uh, I'm scared of a gorilla. He's got a powerful ass. They, yeah, he's caked. Yeah. He's and they're popping so, that little booty out. They're so <laughs> mad about their little dicks. They got the smallest <laughs> dicks. They're so embarrassed about them. Oh, so do mad. they? They yeah. do. They have like proportionately. So proportionately, yeah. <laughs> I think some of the littlest dicks in the animal kingdom. That is true. Yeah, and wow. we'd all be pretty steamed about that, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I can't see how they are not in the highly dangerous category. Come yeah, on. I guess they're just more chill than chimpanzees. I guess. I guess it's because they're pathetic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's because they're losers. so tiny and pathetic. So little and wormy. So powerless. <laughs> uh, we have one final category here, which is other mammals, uh, neither of which are extremely dangerous, um, but they are obviously still dangerous enough to necessitate <clears throat> mobilizing the weapons team. The giraffe and the zebra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared of a giraffe. What's he going to do? <laughs> I am scared of the giraffe. That yeah. thing could kick you to pieces. It could kick you apart without but a moment's thought. He seems nice. He's got a warm face. He's got have a warm aura. Have you seen those videos <laughs> where they're like where giraffes are just like whipping their heads against each other? Yeah, when they fight yeah, each other. That's yeah. so good. 
I would be more worried about a giraffe not seeing that I was there and tripping over me. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's the risk. Yeah, he's like then... running at forty-five k's an hour through the zoo while you're like standing there drinking a margarita. Yeah, you're he's in way up there. He he might miss me, and then we're all tangled up. He's pretty heavy, you know. He's yeah. tied in I'm... a knot around another giraffe's neck. <laughs> this <laughs> is real silly. I think that this is the the perfect job for um. For those cops from SWAT teams who just turn up and immediately shoot the dogs, you know. Yeah, um, if there's any wild dogs, it's kind of a kind of locked in, isn't it? Let's let's get those guys out of the SWAT teams where they go to the wrong houses and kill people's uh, uh, dogs and like flashbang their children to death and stuff. Mm. And let's just get them on the the zoo response team. Oh man, uh, I didn't include the story because it's too much of a bummer. But uh, last week, a cop in America shot a woman while trying to shoot a dog. Which is just like the most American police story that yeah. there is. Now, I much preferred the story uh, like the week before that, where a cop was trying to shoot a dog and shot the other cop instead. Now, now we're talking. That yeah. was pretty good. God damn. Now, they do have uh, another subdivision of animals here. These are the ones that are considered dangerous for the purposes of response, but do not necessitate the bringing of firearms. Um, these are two categories. We have reptiles. We have crocodilians, the Gila monster, and venomous snakes. So you got to be wary of them, but you don't need to bring a gun. You don't need to shoot a venomous snake. I mean, hard I think to they're going to be hard to hit. Yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. little and they're real wriggly. They're very wriggly. <laughs> Can you stay still? Maybe straighten out a little. <laughs> or coil up into like a ball. Yeah, yeah, like a spiral, like a um, like a, a bullfuss. No, you know how that that, that like, sausage is in a spiral. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking of the the Greek spiral pastry. You know, spanakopita. Is that a spanakopita though? No, I don't think so. I think I got that wrong. The layered one. Hey, so if you're for- Greek and you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, Ben. It's spanakopita. My Thank apologies you for the grillable cheeses. I appreciate That's an official done. apology from the from the podcast. Punta Vista to <laughs> me. Ben. Yeah. Thank you. So if we're not bringing guns, what are we bringing? Chains? <laughs> Axes. It's just sort of a swords. chain deal. Nunchucks. <laughs> Try to whip a snake with a chain like you're in a <laughs> 1950s <laughs> bicycle like motorbike gang. Throwing shuriken at the Gila monster. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in your cage, Steve. Uh, the other oh. category we have here is birds. Mm-hmm. The three birds uh-huh. specify. Yeah, they've uh, always been danger to me. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh, the ostrich, cranes, and storks. Yeah, like you don't a, need to. You don't need to take a gun for a stork, but I'm taking one. Any one of those guys, <laughs> I can take out. Bam. Yeah, I'm shooting it. Any of those three birds on sight. <laughs> What's uh, the fucking problem with a stork? I don't know. He's bringing babies. He's delivering babies. Death? Yeah, we got enough. <laughs> They're yeah. great. Get them out of here. <laughs> they got those real pointy beaks. And they're trying to get at the children. Um, this is also from North Carolina Zoo. In the event that the weapons team is called in for an animal escape, they must follow the following procedures. Step one. Upon notification of a dangerous animal escape, proceed towards the nearest firearms storage cabinet. Step two, unless directed otherwise by the capture coordinator, muster weapons from the nearest cabinet and begin to proceed towards the area of the animal escape. 
monitor the radio for Hell further yeah. instructions from I'm the cash board. Posse. This is it. <laughs> Me and my boys. <laughs> These guys must fantasize about this. Oh, actually. Yeah, they're yeah, thinking we'll, about it. We'll get day. to this later. But I just, I want you to picture, picture a SWAT team in your mind while I'm talking about this <laughs> so that the payoff is better later on. <laughs> that Jabiru, I'm going to find 50 cal buttons <laughs> <laughs> paste. It's always been looking at me weird. It's my time to shine. Uh, step three, the capture coordinator will identify the emergency weapons team members needed to f- respond fully early. Sorry. The emergency weapons team members needed to respond fully early in the response. Depending on the staffing levels for any given day, there may be more weapons team members on site and available than needed to respond. Two teams of two weapons team members each are considered ideal for a response. He's recognized this sometimes is impossible. Step four. Any weapons team member specifically directed by the capture coordinator to mobilize should proceed with firearms as quickly and safely as possible to the rendezvous point or staging area. Step five. If not called upon or needed for full response by the capture coordinator, return to mu- return your mustered weapons to the cabinet and secure them. Then proceed to the rendezvous point as identified to assist with other duties. I like how they had to specify you have to proceed safely. Uh, what, what, was the, what was step four again? Hit me with that again. Uh, you must proceed with firearms as quickly and safely as possible to the rendezvous yeah. point. So don't hold your guns up and out with your finger on the trigger running. Yeah. I'm I'm just Im- imagining an excited toddler with a fucking MP5 ready ready to pray and spray. Ready to shoot a lion. Uh, point six, whenever available, uh, whenever available staffing levels allow, weapons team members should respond and work in teams. No lone gunman out there. Mm. Yeah, he never split up. Uh, step seven, keep all firearms secure and follow all gun safety rules at all times when transporting them to an emergency response site. Step eight. Do you, do you want this crane killed or not? Yeah. <laughs> step eight, when at the rendezvous point or staging location, discuss recapture plans, safety concerns, e.g. crossfire potential, location of other staff or visitors in the <laughs> oh area, God. likelihood Dying of animal attack. zookeeper crossfire. <laughs> no, crossfire potential is good. I've got this set up. Got the crane is directly between the two of us, and we're going to each fire at the same time and just see what happens. It's got that thin little neck. <laughs> uh, take up positions as directed by or coordinated with the capture coordinator. Step nine. The capture coordinator should authorize emergency weapons team members to discharge firearms before they are fired. Weapons should not be fired unless one of the following criteria is met and will be fired if either of the first two criteria are met and a safe shot can be taken. Criteria A, a person's life is in imminent danger. Criteria B, it appears an animal is likely to attack. Criteria C, a dangerous animal is about to leave the containment on the zoo grounds. Brackets, breach the perimeter fence or enter an area within the perimeter fence where control of the situation is compromised or lost. This applies to most dangerous animals, but may be overruled by the capture coordinator. It's so go. funny. Just picturing these guys are mm-hmm. in like a foxhole and it's like, I've got him. I've got the shot. He's in there. And he's like, capture coordinator. He's like, you wait for my call. Yeah. <laughs> Working their way through the flow chart. I'm, a, I'm picturing the uh, fall of Saigon type helicopter lift out of the zoo once the situation is lost. <laughs> Suspension of firearms discharge authorization. It is recognized that conditions may not allow for the time or ability of the capture coordinator to consider and grant such authorization. 
If a human life is in imminent danger from an escaped zoo animal, any weapons team member has the authority to discharge their weapon to dispatch the animal as long as the shooting angle, available backstop, range of the firearm, position of other humans, and other safety considerations have been carefully considered. A turtle was coming around at me. Yeah, I had no choice. I have the authority. It's in the document. <laughs> Another 15 or 20 minutes and he would have had me. <laughs> Uh, now, the following are the responsibilities of the weapons team members in the event of a person inside an exhibit. So, sort of the opposite of what I just described. Mm-hmm. Weapons teams must be deployed immediately if the victim is in a dangerous animal exhibit. Lion, cougar, tiger, polar bear, grizzly bear, elephant, elk, chimpanzee. They should put the chimp up the front of that list. The elephant one still, like, I get, you know, that thing will just headbutt you to death without a second's thought. But also, but they seem like such- did you yeah. um? Did you see the? Did we all see the news story from within the last week or so? I think it was in Thailand where the uh, elephant tearing a guy <laughs> apart. Yeah, it was a, a dude who was just like uh, working his elephant really, really hard in an incredible heat wave for too long, and then he said, "Keep working." And the elephant said, "What if I literally no, pull you. you in half? Would you like that?" Yeah, and mm. then he did that instead. He's like, now I don't have to work anymore because uh, the guy who has the stick is over here and also over there. And if you don't like your job... You can do that. Something to think about. Case of the Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) That elephant. Oof. More like a case of the Steves because there's two of him now. Because I've ripped him in half. There's two of them. I get it. Uh Yeah. Responding weapons team members will minimally take one shotgun to the scene of the incident. The shotgun is the likely weapon of choice due to the short range of fire needed shooting into an exhibit and the reduced potential for slug rounds fired to ricochet or penetrate exhibit rockwork. Oh, you don't want to wreck the rockwork. No. However, a .375 rifle should also be taken to the scene if a person is in an exhibit containing elephants, rhinos, or bison slash elk due to the large size of these animals and their exhibits. Weapons team members should bring both types of weapons whenever possible to cover multiple or changing circumstances. If both weapons can be brought to the scene, the .375 should be kept in a secure place unless slash until needed. If multiple weapons team members are available, two shotguns and .375 rifles should be brought to the scene (laughs) as having two weapons teams is desirable whenever possible. On weekends and holidays, this is usually not possible. (laughs) One shotgun and one rifle are kept in each of the six gun cabinets distributed around the zoo site. Those animals and, just got to know to escape on a holiday. Yeah, it's Labor Day. I am out. <laughs> they need Fuck a. All y'all. They just need Bob Lee Swagger posted up, pointing his fifty cal at that elephant. Oh, he's a mile away. Bob Lee Swagger hasn't even left home. <laughs> Shooters that are positioned themselves in such a manner that the line of sight is clear. Danger to the public or other personnel is minimal, and chances for a stray bullet or ricochet are minimized. Shooters that use their own discretion to fire and do not have to wait for the instruction of the rescue coordinator. Hell yeah. Shooters are to shoot to kill and not just to wound the animal. Care is to be taken to shoot the animal without harming the person in the exhibit. Shooters can use the shotgun to distract the animal by discharging a round into the dirt near the animal. Does it say anything about uh, saying something cool before you do it? No, they left that out. Like, mm. it's open season. Yeah. I mean, this copy of the document, I think, is from 2016, so they might have updated it since then to be I like, wonder- zoo's closed mm. for you. Nice. Hey, uh, do you reckon that the, the guys who are on these teams are 
like at home playing a modified version of Six Siege where they're replacing the models of <laughs> of the uh, other characters with like chimps. You mean are they playing the game that we invented? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a week ago. I think I'm so. Yes. Yeah. Are these teams just like guys who work at the zoo, or Lucy, are they? A- I'm, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll be getting to that shortly. But first. Here is the complete list of weapons equipment available to the weapons team at the North Carolina Zoo, because that's a publicly facing document for some reason. Hell yes. They have six Winchester Model 1300 12-gauge shotguns with a barrel for two and three-quarter inch or three-inch shells and rifle sights. The magazines hold five shells. Fuck yeah. Do they they specify whether they're using buck or slug rounds in that? uh, Very important for me. They don't actually say. They did mention earlier that they would... um, that they 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 did like slugs over bullets because of the lowered ricochet chance. Yeah, so. may, they might be slug rounds. Yeah, increased uh, distance, uh, lowered lowered spread potential uh, uh, modifier, etc. If you're outfitting your guys in XCOM. Yeah, look, we've all played <laughs> Call of Duty before. Uh, one Remington model 870 12 gauge shotgun with barrel for two and three quarter inch or shorter shells and rifle sight. Magazine holding four shells. Six Winchester Model 70, 0.375 H&H mag rifles, one with a peep sight, one with a scope, and four with rifle sights. Now, oh, I've never heard of the 375 before, and I looked it up, and it's from 1912. And it's literally for killing game. So they are using some blunderbuss-ass caliber. <laughs> that's like Blunderbuss, official gun of the show. It's uh, it's it's known as the Winchester M70 Safari Express. Now we're talking. That's so good. And it looks like they have updated the name from previously being called the uh, Winchester Model 70 African Express. Oh. Uh, they have two Enfield 303 rifles used only for target practice. One Sears and Roebuck Model 2200 semi-automatic 22 caliber rifle used only for target practice. I reckon you could get it. If you were in like life or death situation with a meerkat, yeah, you probably take the turtle you out. You want with a the semi-automatic? <laughs> we want like an M4 for some meerkats. Oh, this one's interesting because they they actually left the model number and the make out. They have one XX model XX point two two three rifle with a scope, used only for the dispatch of native predators if required. So I don't know what's going on there. Is that like coyotes or they got a sniper? <laughs> yeah, just for taking out rats. <laughs> Spare ammo sleeves on all shot on all shotguns holding five rounds each. Spare ammo sleeves on all .375 rifles holding nine rounds each. Soft cloth cases for all Winchester shotguns and rifles. Multiple sets ear protection and eye protection. Spare ammunition for all weapons. Gun cleaning equipment and supplies. Storage carrying cases one each for spare ammo and cleaning supplies. Swift model 700T 12 to 36 by 50 millimeter zoom spotting scope, scope on one Remington rifle, orange safety vests, and broom handles stored in gun cabinets to be used instead of actual weapons during drills. How often are you doing these drills? <laughs> I think I might I'm gonna also say be it. able to answer it. They could do with some, a few less guns. You reckon? <laughs> you say that until, you know, the incident. A, yeah, until there's a line on me. Yeah. Uh, now you were asking about who it is uh, that actually has to do these, mm. and it's everyone, right? So all uh, keepers and rangers 
Basically, everyone on the zoo staff that isn't, like, selling ice cream at the kiosk. So, everyone's on the weapons team. Yes. So, but there are some requirements for being on the weapons team, and I will read them out to you. First requirement, you must successfully complete a gun safety course. Preferably I'm out. Con- <laughs> <laughs> uh, preferably conducted by a consultant from a local law enforcement department, currently the Randolph County Sheriff's Department. So, you're going to a quick weekend dog shooting course. Uh, other qualified weapons use instructors, for example, one with an NRA instructor's certification, certification may be considered. Uh, second requirement is you must participate in a minimum of six range practice sessions. Prior experience can be counted for some, but not all. You have to qualify at least once on rifle and shotgun accuracy qualification criteria that they have. Are they training a fucking SWAT team at the North Carolina Zoo? Yeah, except probably slightly more than SWAT teams are trained. Uh, You need to have a good familiarity with the North Carolina Zoo site, so you have to have been working there for at least three months. You need to be comfortable with handling and using weapons and have personal confidence in your ability. You need to have the confidence of the general curator uh, that you can handle weapons in an emergency situation. You need to be in good physical health with no medical restrictions pertaining to the safe use of weapons. What about uh, mental illness, though? What if I'm... I mean, not what if I am. I am mentally ill, yeah. so... <laughs> what if you're you? Yeah. Uh, you should have more guns. Yeah, I think what, so. What if you're having a case of the Mondays? Yeah. If you have a medical condition preventing you from safely or accurately using weapons, you have to report these to the general curator immediately. Oh, so, I'm sh- I'm perfectly sure I can be wonderfully accurate. But if you're <laughs> like, hey, I might have an intrusive thought that I'll maybe shoot my own hand off out of curiosity the whole time yeah. that I have this, they'll be like... You know what? You can um, you can go sell the ice creams. Why don't you, why don't you just pop that broom handle back in the case and uh, <laughs> we'll find something else for you to do today. Uh, and the final criteria is you must participate in one range practice session per month for six months after successful qualification. So they've got gun range practice once per month yeah. for the team at the North Carolina <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you're laughing at this because you're thinking, well, this would never come up. You know, you think this is laughable to you. You think it's crazy yeah. that they have uh, this. Has it ever come up? Well, I, so this isn't from the North Carolina Zoo, but this is a news story from this very week. Uh, this is from KARE News in Minnesota. Tropical birds escape from Minnesota Zoo. Fuck. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Zoo says three African magpie shrikes escaped from its tropics building and zoo officials are asking the community to help bring back two birds that are still missing. We feared this day would happen. We all thought the tropical magpie shrike could, <laughs> I have, could never escape. I have escape. Googled a magpie shrike. They're cool. It's like a He's small tropical bird, right? So little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just have, a you little tried, have you tried guiding him? Maybe herding have you tried Remington shotgun? Yeah, have you tried the uh, H&H 375 <laughs> rhino killer? I want to get out the semi-automatic for those guys. We've got a small flight distance. <laughs> the birds flew out of a door that had been mistakenly left open, according to a statement from a zoo official. See, now if you can do this with an African magpie shrike, you'll do it with a tiger. You need it to be muscle memory that you close those doors every single time. Uh, the zoo is asking people to look out for the birds still missing so they can be safely recaptured and returned to their exhibit. Uh, so Audrey, 
Keep an eye out for two African magpie shrikes. Mm. Also, any of our other listeners in beautiful Minnesota. Quote, if we get a live sighting, we can respond immediately and have better luck in recapturing these tropical birds before winter, Minnesota Zoo Assistant Curator of Birds Benjamin Hubrid said in a letter to the Minnesota Ornithologists Union. (laughs) (laughs) This is a world a wonderful place. Why is he writing to... Oh, I guess he's asking them to keep an eye out. Yeah. Right, okay, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Now, as as somebody who uh, makes a hobby of watching birds out in the wild... Oh, a bird watcher? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you don't mind the animals either. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, you know, trying to take photos of them, that sort of thing. I can kind of say that, like, on the occasion that you do spot one, where you're like, wow... That's an African magpie shrike. That's not supposed to be here. Yeah. What'll happen is you'll take like two steps towards it and then you'll be within, you know, kind of 30 feet of it and it'll go, oh, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Once you're within its flight distance. Once you've violated yeah. that flight distance, it's done. And uh, it- and then I guess at that point you can call uh, the assistant curator of birds and you can say, Benjamin, put me through... To the head curator of birds, please. <laughs> sick of this assistant curator shit. <laughs> These birds have been missing for a week and you're not doing fuck all. <laughs> Get the big man on the line. The idea of birds flying out of a zoo is just so funny because that bird is fucking gone. He's gone. You yeah. are never seeing that bird again. When uh when we went on a little a little vacation recently, we went to this wildlife habitat, right? We were up in um I'm I'm assuming I can safely call it Far North Queensland at that point. Yes, yeah, right. you were up in Far North Queensland, that's right. Yes. And uh, and so it was this like wildlife habitat and they had um, like a big, great couple of great big indoor aviary things and, you know, there was a, a bird just sitting on this railing as I walked up to him and went, ooh, it was a magpie goose. And I went, look at you, you ugly little fucker. <laughs> and hung out for a minute, took a few photos of it, and I was like, cool. And then we left that enclosure, which is all closed in, and then went to like the next area, which was all out in the open, but fenced in. And there were just heaps of the birds there too. Mm. I was like, what are you guys doing here? You don't have to be here. It's like, check out these cool kinds of ducks and magpie geese and such. They're all just hanging out. I was like... You can go anytime. I remember I went to a zoo once and there was just like peacocks, just like dragging ass everywhere through yeah, the zoo. Toronto yeah, they just zoo let them roam, huh? has a, a ton of, well, at least they did when I was a kid. There was yeah. always like a ton of them wandering around. What's the and, go? What's the go? Can't they fly? Are they, is, there, is their ass too heavy? I think they're relatively flightless. I think they're the, the chicken kind of flight, you know? Where they it's just like hang a, out, a bit. They can do just a bit. Just let them roam. But yeah, then, you know, sometimes you go to a zoo and there's just like noisy miners hanging around, and you're like, you don't belong in here. No, you don't have to be here. Yeah. You can be free. You are hanging in. out in a fucking zoo. You're like You're a guy right. that walked into prison and is just like, stay. <laughs> 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 I think it's nice. It's good. It's nice. There are several, but uh, they do belong in prison. The noisy mm-hmm. miners. Oh, so what a true. fucking shit of a bird. Yeah. If I but could yeah. like do the. Thanos thing and click my fingers and every noisy miner just exploded in midair, just a puff <laughs> of viscera and feathers. What you want is the mod for Morrowind that got rid of all the cliff races, yeah. except it gets rid of all the noisy miners from Earth. Uh, yeah. There was a sign on the door of that big 
uh, aviary thing. So they, they had like the double doors, you know, where it's like open open this one and then go into this little... Like an airlock uh, system. Antichamber, you know, and mm. then wait until it's closed and then open the next one. But on the first door, they had <laughs> signs printed up and stuck on there with mug shots of specific birds and then their names written underneath. And it was like, I'm a piece of shit and yeah. I will try to sneak through. I'm a criminal. As you go through here. And it was very funny to me, the idea. Because, like, it's not like you can tell from looking around the place that you're looking at the magpie goose named fucking Billy or whatever. Yeah. You know? It's very funny to me to take a photo of that one and it say, seems there like he is. You prick. could, like, save a bunch of work by <laughs> hanging a little sign around their neck going, like, I'm yeah. a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Don't Do not believe my lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the birds are short-bodied, have a, quote, unusual black and white color with long tails, and each have both a metal and color band. They are not considered a-, a threat to Minnesota's ecosystem. What is uh, unusual about the colors black and white? Is Well, I think they don't really have magpies in North yeah. America. Oh. So it's Pathetic. usual for us, but they would look strange yeah. to, uh, to, to American To me, eyes. that's completely normal. This, is, this motherfucker just looks like a carawong. Yeah, no, and a carawong, if you're right confused, um, looks sort of like a magpie. Magpie, mm. yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. It looks like a crow. Carawongs look a lot like magpies. Carawong is like a magpie, a magpie crow. Maybe you're thinking of the pied carawong. Yeah, this oh, is... that's the only kind I care to speak <laughs> of. Uh, I guess I am. I don't know. I, I genuinely, I think they're very different sizes. Carawongs are way bigger. They've got those crow kind of beaks, you know. It'll be yeah. yellow eyes. Bird no, to I, I, am, I am kind of with you. Are they? But they're passerine birds. What are, they, what are we talking about here? They are not considered a threat to Minnesota's ecosystem and are, quote, part of an all-female group that will be unable to reproduce, according to zoo officials. Like Destiny's ah, Child. Like the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> they're not called the Dixie Chicks. Unable chicks, to reproduce. They're, they're just called the Chicks. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The zoo is asking anyone who finds a bird fitting that description to call 952-431-9200 as soon as possible with the date, time, and specific location of the bird sighting. No mention of a reward. Mm. I think people will probably do it out of the kindness of their own heart. Uh, Suckers. I didn't get into bird watching without a promise of a sweet, sweet <laughs> ransom. That's right. <laughs> Making it big. Calling the number. Maybe I saw him. Maybe I didn't. What's, What's it, it to you? you? <laughs> so this is the fourth time you've called today. <laughs> we do not care about them that much. Hi everybody, it's me. It's Theo. Now I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. Uh, if you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes. It's over 300 extra episodes in total. And we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. A lot of stuff out there in nature, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Some of Mm -hmm. it we catch, keep inside. Uh, Some of it we don't. And then some of it we do. Yep. Like this guy on Nature Corner. Country roads take me home to the place I belong in Tessa.
How fortuitous that we got a chance to use the horse-specific one to uh, demonstrate something that we said about an hour ago. That's right. Yeah. Mm. This one comes to us from the Racist Post. Oh, shit. I write that ro- wrote that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the Racist Post is not a real place. <laughs> I thought they shut that place down. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's where I get all my news. <laughs> Sorry, I believe that is the racing racing <laughs> post. Oh, I thought you were doing I, a joke, and I was I, like, the New York post. <laughs> I also thought it was a joke about just like a British tabloid, you know. Mm. No, I think I might have been thinking about racism while I was writing that into the oh, document. Sorry, that's fun. Sorry, everyone. That's fun. The racist post. <laughs> Mystery buyer, Lewis Bloodstock. Cool name. Mm. Yeah. You reckon, uh, you know how, like, people who are called, like, Baker and Archer and stuff? You think this guy's uh, great-great-great-granddaddy was just keeping some vials of blood around the place? He just, just had some jugs blood. Of blood. He had a bloodstock. I mean, well, if you need any blood, he's you, the guy. You're going to find out that, <laughs> about that name very, very shortly. Oh. <laughs> cool. Once again, uh, not reading the stories pays no. off when I get mm-hmm. to be pleasantly surprised. Mystery by a loose bloodstock made an eyebrow-raising splash, picturing the rock, at the Magic Millions National Yearling Sale in June when the hitherto unknown identity purchased a grand total of 22 yearling fillies for just shy of Australian $1 million dollars. That is 588,000 pounds or 688,000 euros to you. To be named the leading buyer at the season-ending auction on the Gold Coast. So just to be clear, because there's some real fruity wording in there. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. This mysterious man, Lewis Bloodstock, purchased 22 horses for a million dollars. That's the takeaway that you should get from that paragraph. And what's that in a dollars per kilo? Um, <laughs> How much flesh am I getting? I think the average yearling filly weigh. I got a, I got a lot of, got a fucking lot of jello to make. However, it now transpires that the figure behind the free spending Lewis Bloodstock outfit is former Magic Millions and Torryburn stud owner Rob Ferguson, and he is selling all twenty-two fillies, having purchased them during what he described as a quote medical episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's many things I enjoy about this. Uh, The first is that, like, this guy being announced is sort of, like, said as if it's a big reveal. Like, we're all going, (gasps) Rob Ferguson. Ferguson? Now, a thing you need to know about the racist (laughs) post uh, (laughs) is that this is, like, an insider, like, inside baseball magazine for the... Horse insider. I hardly know her. Like, it's not just for the horse racing industry, it's for people that, like, professionally invest in and buy racehorses. So, one of the, like, most fucked, horrible industries in the country, truly heinous. So, that's why they're talking about all this shit as if it's normal. So, just just to give you a big overview of it, here is what the, the headline of the story is, which really summarizes the issue. Mystery figure who bought 22 horses during medical episode to sell up. This rocks. Ferguson, who suffers from a lung condition, was in the midst of being take off a, taken off a course of steroids by his doctor, the side effects of which can be an experience of, quote, invulnerability and euphoria. 
I feel fucking tremendous. I'm going to buy a million dollars worth of horses. Is that I really feel good enough to effect? buy 22 horses. You just have a manic episode because you stopped taking steroids. I've had so many manic episodes and I've never even bought a single horse. Yeah. I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been on courses of steroids before and I've never had a manic episode. You know? <laughs> Quote, it was like having been at the Magic Millions bar all day and then deciding to buy some horses. Yeah, it I felt like a great is. idea at the time, Ferguson said. Who revealed that he conjured up the name Lewis Bloodstock as it derives from the name of his dog, Lewis. You son of a bitch. You take that name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, this is, this, uh, like, to me, this is turning into a fun story. Mm. Yeah. Ferguson began his irrepressible three-hour spending spree. <laughs> All right, so, sorry, before you get into this, I really have to apologize. I was going to trim this article down, but there was, like, no paragraph that didn't have an insane combination of words in it. Like, I, I couldn't trim any of this out. Ferguson began his irrepressible three-hour spending spree with Lot 1522, a filly by sought-after first-season sire, trapeze artist. <laughs> Bought midway through the opening session of trade. <laughs> I, I would pay $10,000 to have Matt Berry read this article out. <laughs> Eight lots later, he added a filly by a US Triple Crown winner, American Pharaoh. And proceeded to have the gavel knocked down a further 20 times in the space of the next 79 lots offered. Oh. You're really buying most of the horses, my dude. Yeah, like a full quarter of the horses. Yeah, save some horses for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> At one stage, Ferguson bought seven of the next eight lots through the ring to have met their reserve after purchasing lot 1578, a daughter of Reliable Man. <laughs> For a for Australian $45,000. Ferguson also came away with fillies by champion sire Written Tycoon, Yarraman Park's inform sire Hellbent, and Group 1 winning stallion Dundeal. While the most expensive of his 22 buys was a filly by Dali sire Lonhro, for which Ferguson parted with 160000 Australian dollars to get his hands on. The filly, who is out of a half-sister to Golden Slipper winner and former Widden Stalin Sebring, was one of two six-figure purchases for Ferguson, who 26 lots later added a filly by Harry Angel, who is a granddaughter of Group 1 winner Barinka, for $150,000. He Among just folk. never stopped and said, you know what, maybe I've bought enough horses today. Yeah, that's I'm enough horses out. for the night. Yeah, I'm fully horsed up. I'm it's, horsed to the gills right now. <laughs> it's, just that, it's just that two-pain comic of the guy getting drunk and buying a whole bunch of medieval swords and then waking up <laughs> 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 with all his, all his horses. Oh, my goodness. The thing is, you know, it's just like I bought another horse and I still don't feel full. <laughs> Among Ferguson's other purchases was a daughter of Lean Mean Machine, a half-sister to Macau Stakes winner, Gonsai Bao, out of a stakes-placed half-sister to, incidentally, King Lewis, a stakes winner in Singapore. I love how they're talking about this like we, we know all the horses. Yeah. yeah. This is insane. This is like, you know when people do that thing where they're like, what English sounds like to non-English speakers? Yeah. <laughs> right, I, the words are washing over me, but I don't... 
Yeah, I feel like I'm having a stroke. This is like t- Tom Cruise walking into the fucking orgy from Eyes Wide Shut and they're all just fucking and sucking in there and they're like, this is normal to us. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean it with all all seriousness that all of these people uh, should be rounded up and we should harvest their bodies for trace minerals, calcium, mm. etc. Uh, and use their biomasses as fuel because they're clearly not doing fucking anything for 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 us. No. They're out there buying a million dollars worth of fillies. That's not true. That's not they, true. Because they took the wrong fucking drug cocktail. One night I took metazapine out of out of the blue and I woke up at one a.m. to get a drink and maybe eat like five cookies from the cupboard and I passed out and whacked my head on the <laughs> on the hallway wall. <laughs> That's, that's what you're supposed horses. to do. Yeah. When you woke up, you had 22 more horses than you I did not. did. And you're like, oh, shit, this is a, sired by American pharaoh. <laughs> I have never woken up to having purchased 22 horses, going back, scrolling back through my PayPal history. Yeah, a million bucks, that doesn't seem right. What oh, I, oh, no. What? Honey, yeah, do I mean, you know a King Louis? King Louis II. <laughs> I mean, I, one of your I, friends? I took too much Valium and got the time for an appointment wrong uh, yeah, for the did. first time in my life. Every time <laughs> they were talking about, uh, no one believes that. They keep talking. Shh, shh. They keep talking about them. Their like daughters and brothers and sons and stuff, and like just keeps making me think that the sentence is about a person. Yeah, this is, just sounds yeah. like some real Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the the fucking compendium from the end of Game of Thrones, yeah. but for horses. Yeah. Game of horses. Yeah. Horse we'll work thrones. On that. Yeah. Okay, so picture the song of dames and sires. Picture that that you don't know these are horses, <laughs> right? And you go to a party and you're introduced to the following people. Uh, the daughter of Written Tycoon, a granddaughter of Sugar Bay, uh, <laughs> with with other daughters Rubik, Headwater, Vancouver. Brave Smash, the daughter of Smart Missile, mm-hmm. <laughs> Spirit of Boom, and Nikoni. So your parents were kind of free spirits then? Mm. Who's going with it? <laughs> Quote, I've had some good feedback from a few judges who have seen the horses, and they tell me there are some nice fillies in the group, Ferguson said, so I may not have done too bad a job. Out of fucking 22 of them, you would hope a couple were all right. Yeah. 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 All 22 of the fillies, who were promptly paid for by Ferguson and have since resided at Warrendale Stud at... Yeah, bit of dabber. Bit of dabber, thank you. A lot of Ds. Uh, will now be offered for sale with reserves of 50% of their purchase price in the next Magic Millions online sale. Oh. Still doing better than a fucking NFT. Did he buy these online? Yes. Was this an on? You can just buy a horse. Like you can get way too drunk and just buy a horse. How rocks? Yeah. In an online auction, I guess. Yeah. That's fucked up. I don't think <laughs> like we can go online and just buy a horse. I think you got to be like connected oh. through the dark horse web. Yeah. And so yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fillies are all unbroken and will be available for inspection from September sixth through to the sales close. What do either 9. of those things mean? What unbroken? They're spirited. Yeah. It means you don't actually know if they're going to be a good racehorse Have you got to do the fucking mini game on the back of them? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Keep the the stick in the middle of the circle. 
The sale will close on September the 9th, my birthday. A clinical and laryngoscopy examination will be carried out upon arrival at the Magic Millions <laughs> complex with the reports of the vet's finding to be posted on the Magic Millions sales page. Lucky. <sighs> Uh, quote, one of the vendors has already offered to buy their filly back at what we paid for her as she felt that was sold too cheaply. I didn't accept the offer as I want the sale to be fair and transparent. We bought 22, so all 22 will be re-offered, added Ferguson. Obviously, it looks like I'm going to show a loss as I'm willing to take a haircut on each horse, but it was never my intention to own these horses. Huh. When I purchased these fillies, I'm sure I made a lot of vendors happy. This time around, I will probably be making a lot of buyers happy too. Wasn't his intention to do anything, I guess. He was just a fucking He's like, state. I'm not going to make any profit. I was just like, I was fucked up back then. Yeah. Also, like the one crazy. vendor that they that he references was not happy with the sale. He Not at all. He tried to get it back because he didn't get enough for it. <laughs> well, so. that's, that's your problem. That's a wipe. Yeah, pain. you fucked up. If you can't get like a good half a million out of a man <laughs> with too much money. Man whacked out on steroids, steroids <laughs> with a million dollars burning a hole in his pocket <laughs> and a desperate lust for fresh fillies. You can't, surely you can't just do backsies on that to be like, mm, you know what? Let me have my horse back. Undo, yeah, undo. I want, I want that for more money now. It's so fucked up. These people are messed up. Mm. I'm wondering if maybe the website did like a fun animation every time you hit buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did like a little a little fireworks or some streamers animated down the page. And he was maybe. just yeah. fucking He was just fucked zooted. up to me like, yes. Yay. I want to see get that a, again. Get a little, a little egg slide in from the side of the page. And it slowly like shakes and then cracks and a little horse pops out. Yeah. <laughs> Click. You know? You got... Another horse. <laughs> <laughs> Do they get delivered to your house? Like, I yeah, hope not. Shipping included? Is this guy taking a haircut on shipping? Yeah, just put him around the back. Taking it That's around where they just get his, his horse shipping. Just, just having the delivery guy like walk it around the back to your normal domestic yeah, backyard be, look, with all the other horses standing there. Here's the thing. I'm going to be too fucked up to answer the door. So... <laughs> None of that sign-on delivery. Just <laughs> leave it in the corner of the patio. <laughs> Honey, I gotta go down to the horse depot and pick up all my yeah, all my horses. Yeah, they just stuck. They didn't knock. They stuck the card in the front of the door. Now <laughs> gotta, gotta go, go pick them up. Office. Now we gotta go to Tawong Business Center on Ebor <laughs> Street, which only has four car parks for some reason. Yeah, I. Sorry, it took me so long finding it. Uh, right up on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> what does it look like again? Uh, is it a parcel or a box? You know what it's it is. Be wrapped. <laughs> no, mate, it's twenty-two horses. And Andrew has had to tap out of the recording because his nose has started bleeding. <laughs> it won't stop from horse excitement. Uh-huh. He's thinking about <laughs> buying twenty-two horses. It I gave him a, a nose million bleed. dollars worth of horses. <laughs> I have uh, gone to the doctor to see if he can cauterize this whatever is happening yeah. on the inside of my nose. Did and you go was... back again the next day when your appointment was? <laughs> 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 no, and he was like, oh, let me have a little look in there. And he gets his little scopey thing and has a look and he's like, I can't see anything. So you'll have to go to a nose and throat specialist. 
and uh, gives me a referral and they call me up and they're like, all right, so we might be able to get you in next year. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's not worry about it. <laughs> See ya. It'll be fun. Just yeah, keep that your may finger as well out of there. Be 2050. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Well, that about... And that's a yeah. podcast. Yeah, that's a podcast. That's an episode of the podcast. Buenta Vista. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, yeah, if you liked a taste of having two two episodes last week and you're not a you're not a paying customer, consider becoming a paying customer. If you didn't like a taste of having two episodes, yeah. buddy, I don't know what to tell you. Market sorry, has played. Sorry. Move on. We'll pay you to li- not listen to one of the two. We won't. Consider uh-huh. taking some steroids and then having withdrawals and purchasing 22 memberships to the podcast. Yeah. Check out yeah. our merch page. You won't regret fucked it. Fucked up on horse meds. Buy a million dollars worth of Bunta Vista merchandise while you are getting transitioned off steroids. <laughs> Andrew, your, every sound that comes out of your mouth sounds horrifying due to the situation that you're <laughs> Let in. Let him free. Let him free. Uh, oh, he's got the recording. He's got to press stop on the you recording. You have to press stop on the thing, pal. Bye, I'm funny. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.